was built a little over two years ago. It was the first time I ever, in person, live, got to deliver the word of God. I was sitting right here. Yeah. It was built a little over two years. Uh, for six months, I was down in Bushnell, um, preaching. And I'm back here. Pastor Phil asked me if I could do this. And I don't even think he got the sentence out of his mouth before I said yes. <laughs> because God's put a burden on my heart to share his word. Amen. It's not... It's not something that I just woke up one day and said, you know, this is what I want to do. It's something that God, he wakes me up at night. study the word because it's just something God has put in my heart. I, I just want to say thank you to, to Hills Church for giving me the opportunity. I welcome any opportunity to preach, but especially here at my home church. And I thank Pastor Phil for the honor as well. Um, before we pray and get started, there's a, a song here, a video that I wanted to share. I, I sent it to Danny. And I want you to think about the words because today what I want to talk about is intimacy with God. Sometimes I think we, when I say we, I'm talking about me too. We as a church, we as believers, sometimes we, we do a little compartmentalizing of our Savior, right? And we want him Sunday morning. And we might want him for five or ten minutes in the morning. But man, we need to have him all the time. Amen. Every single thing you do, every single thing, we need to give it to God, Amen. right? And sometimes we're going to fail at that because we're human. We, 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 you know, ever since the first failure of humans, right? But he's, he's got grace and mercy that are renewed every day. But so how do we start that intimacy? And this song is uh, it's by a gentleman named Glenn, Glenn Kaiser. I've actually heard his music since I was a child. He used to be in a, what was called a Christian rock band. Now it's, this is not Christian rock today. But the, his, he gives a little testimony. It's, it's going to take a few minutes to hear his testimony. And, but when he's singing this song, I want you to think about the song is titled The Feet of Jesus. And I want you to think about it. That's where the intimacy starts, right? The intimacy with our Heavenly Father starts by laying everything. Everything. Not a little bit. Not what you want to give him. You can't keep a little bit like I... <laughs> I still want to hold on to this little sin over here. I don't think it's that bad because it brings me pleasure. No, it doesn't. It brings you temporary pleasure. Only giving it to Jesus, laying it all at the feet of Jesus. Dan, if you could play that song. I just want you guys to just listen and worship God while you listen to this. Hi, I'm Glenn Kaiser. This song was written really from two perspectives. One, back in the day, thank God, a long time ago, I was an addict. I tried to hang on to what I thought was going to give me life. Really, it was killing me and through me bringing a lot of people around me down to the same mess uh, that I was caught in. And I realized at a really early age that unless I laid everything down, but to lay it down where and in what and with whom, what's the point in living? What's the point in life anyway? And Thank God I realized it was it was Jesus himself um, who, who went to the cross for us, who was raised again from the grave. I mean, we call Good Friday good 
because of Easter Sunday, um, because what he went through for each one of us uh, brought us eternal life and the love of God. And there has to be that willingness, a practical laying down of, of the whole of who you are. And that's really the concept behind this lyric. It's certainly a prayer for me, as well as a, a proclamation and and a prayer you might join in uh, with. And, and by the way, I wanted the tempo to be slow to help people to focus on the lyric and really consider. So consider it sort of a meditative or contemplative song where you really pause, Selah, you know, pause, slow down, and really think about the lyric and, and your relationship to Jesus.
So that's where it starts, right? At the feet of Jesus. I know that was a little longer. It seemed a lot longer standing up here than it did when I listened to it at home. But, but at the feet of Jesus. Intimacy with God. It's what it's really all about. So many times people, they want to say a prayer and they want to make Jesus their Savior, but they don't want to make Him their Lord. It's so much... It breaks my heart when I know people that are Christians or, or profess to be Christians and they're not getting anything out of it. If you're not getting anything out of it, you're not doing it right. That's right. <laughs> Every single thing that we do, we should, we should give it to God immediately. Sometimes I fail. But, so we're, we're going to read today, we're going to start in, in James, we're, we're actually going to go through James chapter 4. That's just what one of the, man, if you want to do intimacy with God, you can, if you want to just type in intimacy with God, you can find so many different places in the Bible that it talks about that. And we're going to go to some other texts too, but I want to use James 4, um, and there's a couple verses in James 4 in particular about drawing near to God, but there's other things in here that we want to go over. So if you want to go to James 4, we're going to start with verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasures. I want to stop there for a minute. Sometimes when we pray for things, we're praying for purely selfish wants and needs, right? Sometimes we, we try to make God our, our genie, right? When we pray, man, we, we need to be praying in His will. 
you know, so that the more intimate, the closer that we draw to God, the more our prayers are going to be in line with His will, right? And I, I can say when I when I first, well, even before I gave my life to the Lord, I always believed in God, you know, and I always prayed. I always prayed for everything I wanted, <laughs> regardless. Sometimes God let me have exactly what I prayed for. Sometimes, you know, I would be sitting weeping on the side of the road <laughs> because I got everything I asked for. Come on. Right? Without asking God's will, without even seeking God's will, without even knowing what God's will is. So how do we do this? How do we know God's will? We have to we have to pray. Like Pastor Phil was talking about hearing from God, and I think he's going to continue talking about that. We have to hear from God. Well, man, if you go sit on your back porch and you say, talk to me, you're probably not going to hear an audible voice, right? You might. I can do whatever he wants, right? Most of us are not going to hear just an audible, booming voice from God, right? So some people call it a still, small voice. But how do you know that still, small voice is not you? How do you know it's not just you suggesting things to yourself? Some people say, "What? Well, how do you know it's not the enemy? How do you know that... You have to be intimate with God. And that comes through studying of His Word. And it comes through prayer. And prayer is a conversation, right? Conversations are two ways. So we don't just talk to God. We don't just ask, 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 ask. And wait for the results, right? We need to pray. We need to seek God. Seeking God is how we get intimate with God. We ask and don't receive because we ask amiss. That we spend it on our own pleasures. Verse 4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy? Fence straddle, right? I did that for a long time. I feel like it's confession, confession day to me and part of this message because when I was preparing, I've been preparing this message for about three weeks. And when I'm preparing it, all these things, you know, I remember being there, straddling, trying to, I gave my life to the Lord. I know I was saved, but I was still dabbling a little bit over here, playing with the world. And they got nothing for me. Amen. Nothing. Nothing but heartache. And damnation, that's what the world offers. All the little temporary pleasures that we get are so temporary. And there is no comparison to what is waiting for us, right? When we all fly away. <laughs> Intimacy, man. So back to verse 5, it says, Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace? Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Sometimes being humble is not easy either, right? Sometimes you, you, you want to brag, but Paul said, if you brag in anything, brag in the Lord, right? Amen. Is that right, Paul? Oh. <laughs> All right, this is kind of 
where I want to get into this. This is verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the light of the, in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Well, I thought we're supposed to be happy. Right? We're supposed to be happy as Christians. We are. We're weeping for the man we no longer going to be, right? Or the woman that you're no longer going to be. That's what you want to weep for. Let it go. Mourn the things you did and move forward and stop doing them. Stop dabbling with the things that rust and moths corrupt. Right? We want to build our treasure somewhere else, right? The only way to... I'm not talking really so much about salvation today. I'm talking about growing in God. I'm talking about your believer... Now, if there's somebody here and I say, I've got something for you here in a little bit, too. I'm gonna, i got something for everybody. But right now, I want to talk to you. If you're saved and you know that you belong to Jesus, you've given your heart to Him, every part of you, you know it belongs to Him. What, I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to me today. I want us to have even more, right? I want everything God has for me. I don't want a little taste. You know, I want to know that when I'm doing... My daily things in life, I want to be walking in His will in every part of it. Sometimes I fail at that. And you will too. And that's why the renewed grace and mercy every day are so beautiful, right? So many people in so many other walks of Christianity think that you have to earn your salvation. I'm here to tell you there is nothing you can do to earn salvation. That's right. There is no ritual. There is no works. You can't be good enough. I think if we go to the Old Testament and you look at the, the people of Israel, you know, it's easy to read that and judge the people of Israel, isn't it? Man, look at them. Every time that God did something good for them and then they get mad at him and they mess up. <laughs> you do too. <laughs> right? <laughs> we do the same thing. Man, when I read the Old Testament, I'm like, whew, I do the same thing, right? No, I didn't build a golden calf. But man, sometimes I've been guilty of putting something else as a priority before my God. So if I'm intimate with my Lord and Savior, right? Maybe that won't happen as often. God created us to be intimate with Him. Some people put God in this place where God is holy. I don't want to say this wrong. But I want you to put God in a place where He's unreachable. God is reachable. But not because of you. Because of Jesus Christ. See, God can't look at sin, right? He hates sin. And we're all, you know, we're all sinners. But when God looks at us, that's not what He sees, right? I don't even like to say that. We're not all sinners. When, once we're saved, we're forgiven for our sins. We used to be sinners. <laughs> right? But yes, we're, we're sinners forgiven by the grace of God. Right? So when God looks at you, He sees you through the blood of Jesus. So He is a reachable God. You think about that. The Creator who wants to hear from His creation 
Not a God that just created it and walked away. Not a God that created robots that have to serve Him. But a God that wants you to love Him. Wants you to be intimate with Him. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That kind of goes hand in hand, right? If you're drawing near to God, you have to resist the devil. Because you can't have both. You can only serve one master. A man cannot have two masters. And I... So many times, man, there's little little things in life, right? You can think, man, I'm doing so good, you know. God, I'm really working. I'm in your will, you know. I don't do all this garbage that I used to do. But then something will pop up and you'll think, man, but I, I still haven't got this part down, right? And that's okay because we're growing, right? We're growing. What you don't want to do, though, when you first become saved, you might not even know the Word of God, so you're, you're getting the baby's milk, right? And that's great. But don't stay there. Right? That'd be like you, you know, as a parent having a child and never stopping feeding them from the bottle. Right? You got a 30-year-old walking around, you're still feeding them a bottle, people are gonna think something's wrong, right? But see, there's a lot of Christians that are walking around here and they're still wanting to nurse from the bottle. We gotta get intimate with God. We gotta get into His Word. And just and hear from him. Like you know, like Phil said last week, and I think I've said it before, when you pray, don't just pray, say amen, and move on. Stop for a minute and listen. Listen to God. Listen to him through his word. Listen to him in just some silence after praying. God will talk to you. He's going to let you know. Let's move to verse 11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Again, something most of us fail at sometimes, right? We judge each other. We judge our own families. Maybe our spouse. Maybe our kids. Maybe our parents. But the judge is not us, right? The judge is the one that we need to be intimate with. Verse 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. So we, we make plans. But God's telling us we, we don't know if we have tomorrow, right, to fulfill those plans. So if God wills, we will fulfill those plans. So what, it, what this intimacy thing boils down to is, is God's will. You know, he tells us to pray in, in his will. And the only way that I have found, if somebody has found another way, please let me know. But the only way I know that you can know God's will is to be intimate with him. 
There's no other way. There's no way to, there's no way just to come to His church Sunday morning for an hour and not talk to God and not be intimate with Him the rest of the week. There's no way you can just do that and be intimate with God and know His will. Come here to get fed the Word. Get rejuvenated and ready to go out into the mission field, right? Because we all have a mission, right? We're supposed to share this with the world. Not everybody gets to go to some other country to share it because you don't need to. All you need to do is walk right down the street. There's people looking for hope, right? They're looking for peace. They're looking for joy. That's what they're looking for in all these temporary pleasures that the world's offering, right? They're looking for peace, hope, love, and joy. And the little peace you get from the things that they're doing, or that we were doing, the little peace you get brings so much, so much horrible, horrible aftermath that it's not even worth it, right? But I'm talking about here, a peace with God, a hope through Jesus, and a joy and salvation. It's not temporary. It doesn't bring a terrible aftermath. It brings eternal peace and eternal presence in God. That's the kind of peace, joy, hope that I want, not what the world offers. So when we're intimate with God, our first thing in every situation should be, help me God. Give it to God, right? That should be our, our natural instinct. I think that I think that's the perfect way to, to look at, right? You're, you're intimate. You know, just like a, a, if you have a good, strong marriage, your spouse, you share everything, right? Everything. Good, bad, ugly with your spouse, right? With God, even more so. But I'm going to um, give an example of something that happened to me a few months ago. You know, the bad thing about living with or hanging around somebody that, that God's given the, the heart to preach is you end up in their sermon. So I'm sorry, Lisa. I'm not really sorry because it's, it's actually a wonderful thing. But I lost my wallet a few months ago. Yeah, the one with the big chain. I got home and I realized... I didn't have it, and I kind of knew about where I lost it, and I panicked, man. I started thinking about all my cards, my license, my credit cards, my all these things, you know. I didn't think about the money because there wasn't that much of that in it. But, you know, it's all the stuff, right? It's all the stuff that you have, your driver's license, your credit cards, all your information. And you're thinking, you know, so the first thing I should have done was pray, right? Right? That's what you should do. Is, Man, God help me. You know, everything's going to be all right, regardless. But I didn't. I went in panic. I mean, flat panic, y'all. <laughs> I come home. I told Lisa. I said I can't find my wallet. She goes, Oh, it's probably in your truck. I said, No, it's not. It's not. She goes, Oh, you're always misplacing stuff. We'll find it. We looked everywhere. So here's what I want to talk about right now. This is. She didn't. <laughs> And I don't know if I could have been as gracious. She didn't not one time. 
say to me, how did you do this? How did, she didn't, she didn't, there was no judgment. She said, I'm, I'm sorry, honey, it's going to be all right. She starts calling the stores where I was at. As I'm going back there, she's calling them, help, trying to help me. I didn't find them a lot. But you know what I did find after I went in the store and I came back out and I sat down in my truck. And I thought about her reaction. And then I thought about mine. And I said, man, God, I didn't even talk to you about this. So I actually I started praying. I asked God to forgive me for, I know it's just a wallet. It's just stuff, right? None of it matters in the long run. But I really, truly went into like this full panic. Man. I called my dad, told him. He wasn't quite as gracious as my wife. <laughs> He's like, boy. <laughs> anyway. But I started thinking about how how loving she was and how supportive. And she didn't even like. And I was thinking, man, I don't know. I might have been different if it was the other way around, right? Husbands. <laughs> but I said, man, it just made me think about God. So I prayed to God and I said, God, you know, I don't know where it's at. Uh, you know, help me find it if that's your will. Apparently it wasn't his will. And that's okay. I got everything back. I canceled everything. Got everything back. But, I mean, I learned something that day. I learned about, first of all, the support of my wife was an example. She didn't judge me, right? She could have. Man, she could have tore me up, y'all. How you... I don't know if y'all see this big chain, but I always have a big chain on my wallet because I tend to lose things. So, but I was wearing shorts, I didn't have a chain, and I lost it. And so she could have really like raked me over the coals, so to speak, but she didn't. And I, and I, that small example, if, if my wife loves me that much, how much does God love me? And that, and that may seem so simple and so silly, but it really. That's actually when I started. I have another message about intimacy with God that I, I spoke down at Bushnell about. And it, it wasn't my message for that weekend, but my whole message changed because of intimacy with God. God gave me that, God gave me that situation. Kind of like smacking the head, right? Hey, you lost your wallet. So what? You didn't even pray to me. You didn't even turn to me right away. You waited. A good hour before you even thought about, hey, God, help me. You know? It's true, though. You know? But intimacy, you know, if we grow closer to God, the first reaction I should have had was, okay, God, I lost my wallet. Help me out here. Would that have changed whether I found my wallet or not? I don't know. I don't think it did. I don't think the lesson at all was me losing my wallet. I think it was it happened because God wanted to show me something. And I think when we're intimate with God, He will use almost any situation to show you something. Right, Gary? He will show you. Man, I can't even go fishing, y'all. Without man, fishing for men, we gotta be fishing for men. God will, man. The closer you. you Get with God, the more He's going to share things with you. And I, it excites me. I, you know, there's there's a lot of things in this world, and there's a lot of things in my past that used to get me excited and used to make me hoop and holler and scream and go to concerts and m- motorcycle rallies. And 
I'll be the loudest guy there yelling and screaming for whatever debauchery was going on, man. But you know what, man? Nothing gets me more excited than being intimate with Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be excited about. I'm telling you, man, when it, if you start getting closer to God and you start seeing Him in every single thing you do, man, how can you not be excited about it? How can you not want to tell the world about it? Right? That's, man, the world is out there just waiting to hear. Now, it may not, it may not feel like it with some of them. Some of them, some of them ain't going to like you. And then and Jesus says, if they don't want to hear you, you know what he tells us to do, right? Shake the dust. Plant the seed. See, I used to have this thing, man, where I like to argue and prove people that the Bible's right. You know what? That's not what God tells us to do. Now, we, we do need to be able to defend our faith with the Word of God. But if somebody doesn't believe the Word of God, all you can do is plant the seed and turn it to God's got this. You can't save them. <laughs> Only God can. Plant a seed. But, but man, they're waiting. They're waiting to hear. And if you get intimate with God and you start seeing Him in every minute, everything you do, it'll find you up. It will, it will pump you up. And you don't have to be weird about it, even though I kind of am. <laughs> you don't have to be weird about it, man. You can live your life in such a way when people see you, they're going to be like, man, what's up with that dude right there? What's up with that girl right there, man? She should have really been mad at so-and-so for what they did, but she didn't get mad. He didn't even get mad. Why? Because you're intimate with God. The light of God can shine through you. The love of God can shine through you so much that people are going to want to know, what have you got? Right? It's like... Close your ears, Dad. It's like when, in the world, when you go to a party... And you see somebody that's feeling a certain way, like, hey, what do you got? What are you doing? Right? I know I'm I know I'm not alone. Somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. Right? But you want to know what they what you got? Man, we got the greatest thing ever. Right here. This is it, right here. Jesus Christ is it, man. Let's go tell everybody about it. That's who I want us to be intimate with. It's Jesus. We got what they all want. They just don't know. They don't know. God desires our intimacy. And I think He rewards us when we're intimate with Him. I don't mean earthly rewards. Sometimes sometimes you might get blessings that way. But I think He rewards us in so many ways. But first of all, we've got the biggest reward ever is eternal life, right? But He rewards us in so many ways and so many things in our life. Friends, family, church family, it's a reward from God, right? The more intimate you are with God, I believe, I truly believe the more of these things are going to come into your life, the, the more rewards you're going to get. And it may not be the rewards you thought you wanted. Because I'm, I'm not talking about cars and clothes and Houses, no, not those kind. Because none of that matters, right? I'm talking about love, relationships with people. Those are the rewards that God gives you. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. See, we're supposed to be intimate with God, and we need to support each other in that. We need to pray about every single thing in our life. 
Brother Bob says praying is like breathing. It should be like breathing, right? It should be that natural, right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 19. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Rejoice always. How do you do that? How do you rejoice always? How do you give thanks in everything? It's easy to give thanks in the happy times and rejoice in the happy times, but sometimes when things are sad, it's hard to rejoice. I had a, a funeral yesterday for a friend of mine for, I've known for close to 20 years. And uh, afterwards, his brother and I were talking. We were at the family's house, and there was probably 100 people there, at least. And uh, his brother and I were talking about, you know, that we, we had spoken with him over the last few weeks as he was getting closer to the end about his faith in Jesus and made sure that, you know, he understood his faith in Jesus. And, and I, I feel confident that, that he was saved. So his brother and I, his brother is a... Uh, is a Christian, and we were rejoicing yesterday after his brother's funeral and after one of my best friend's funeral. We were rejoicing. But see, not everybody that was there was saved. Now, I'm not going to say I didn't shed tears. I did. He was a very close friend of mine. But man, some of those people, see, they couldn't shake that. Because they, they said their final goodbye, right? So they let me share a little bit before we ate. They asked me to pray, and I had to. They messed up and gave me the mic. <laughs> but I, I just I just shared a little bit with them, just a little bit with them about about the Word of God, you know, and what, what that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through Him. And that if they want to see our friend again, they need to give their life to Jesus, right? Just like, just like Sister Joanne said. I used her words yesterday. I, if you're saved, I'll see you again. If you're not, goodbye. And I, that's so deep, right? But intimacy with God will allow you to share things like that at the most heartbreaking moment. And you can still rejoice, right? It, it, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. See, and that's where I messed up with the whole wallet thing, right? <laughs> I didn't pray without ceasing. I think sometimes we uh, we try to do it on our own. We try to be self-dependent, right? I'm independent. I'm self-dependent. But see, what we need to do is be more spirit-dependent. Most of the things that I've tried to do on my own in my lifetime, I have at some point failed at. <laughs> or mess them up somehow. But I find it when I seek God's will and I try to walk with Him, things are much better. Sometimes they still don't end up like I thought they should because His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts and that's something I am super thankful for. <laughs> but He created us to be intimate with Him and I'm going to show you one of the reasons I believe that. Genesis 3, verse 8. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So a lot of times when you hear that, they're talk, people are going to talk about the fact that they hid because now they knew they were naked. And that's, there's much lesson in that. But what I want to talk about today is it kind of casually says they heard the Lord God walking through the garden. See, before the fall, sounds to me like God used to come walk around with them because he wanted intimacy, right? Wouldn't that be pretty awesome if you were sitting out in your backyard God came walking by and said, come for a walk with me. Gary, come for a walk with me. Man, that would be awesome, right? But see, we can't maybe physically have that. But spiritually, He can walk with you. And you can walk with Him. If He is in you, and you are in Him, you can have that intimate relationship. But think about that. They heard the Lord God walking in the garden. That I love that. So, I, I, again, believers, don't cheat yourself. Don't try to do Christianity on a part-time basis. If you're holding something back from God, if you haven't given Him everything, you haven't given Him anything. you got to give Him everything. you got to, like that song said, you got to lay it all at the feet of Jesus. Now, if there's anybody here that's not a Christian, I told you I had something for you too. And you heard me talk about all the things that the world cannot give you. They can't give you peace, hope, love, and joy, but I know somebody who can. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you have never given your life to Jesus... I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Today's an awesome day to do that. And you don't even need me to do it. Or anybody else in this room. You need your heart. And the Father above through His Son Jesus. All you have to do to give your life to Him. Is confess your sins to Him. Admit that He is Lord and Savior. That He died for your sins. And that you want Him to be Lord and Savior of your life. And that you want to stop living the life you're living. And you want to live for Him. It's really that simple. It really is. But it doesn't. That's, that's just that's how you start, right? And then you start growing in this intimacy. So many times, though, when we get saved, we get like really on fire. And then it kind of dwindles later. But I'm telling you today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, it's the best thing you'll ever do. And it doesn't matter. For a minute or a day, it matters forever, for eternity. And believers, if you are sitting here today thinking, oh, they let that crazy Kenny talk again, <laughs> blame Phil. <laughs> but I, I appreciate you letting me share. I hope, I hope you got something. I hope that God gave you what he wanted you to hear today. Because um, it doesn't matter what I want you to hear. It really doesn't. Nothing I say. Man, God doesn't need me. He does not need me. Got to put somebody up here to give, them, give the word. I'm just honored that I get the opportunity. But if you're a believer and you said, man, you know what? I'm not leaning on God like I should. I'm not intimate with God like I should be. Man, today's a good day to, to start that too, right? It's okay. Man, He is a forgiving, graceful, merciful God. You can start over today, man. And tomorrow if you need to. But I'm going to do something that I, I know we don't do that a lot here. But in a minute, I want us to pray. But I want to open an altar up today. 
And I want, if you're a believer and you want to come up here and you just want to lay it at the feet of Jesus today, anything that you've been holding back from, from, from your relationship with God, man, come up here and give it to God. And I'm going to ask if you are not saved. In a minute, I'm going to have everyone bow their heads. In a minute, we're going to talk. If you're not saved, I'm going to even ask you to come up here today. So if, if ever, just bow your heads. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I pray for forgiveness for, for the things that, that we miss so often. Lord, we're not worthy of your forgiveness. But through your Son, Jesus, we have it. And I thank you for that. I would just like to ask if there's anybody here today who's never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, or you're not sure, maybe you just don't feel confident in it. Come down here today. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Give Him everything you've got. Surrender your life to Him. Make Him your Lord and Savior. It'll be the best decision ever. If you if you do that, please, please just raise your hand and, and walk up here so somebody can pray with you and talk with you after. If not, believers, just come come up, come up and just lay it at the feet of Jesus today. Father, we just lay everything that we have at your feet. Everything, Father. Don't let us hold anything back from you. Lord, the good and the bad. You know it all already anyway. I just ask that we just give our hearts fully to you. Not just the words, but that we can all, each person here, can truly surrender to you. Lord, I pray for this world, the lost. It seems in our eyes that it's spiraling out of control. But we know you're in control of everything. As for your will in that, Lord, in this, in this world, and whatever your plans are, that it, it, they would succeed, Lord, beyond our imagination. I pray for strength for us to face any condemnation, persecution that may become. Lord, the only way we can face that is intimacy with you. And I pray that you would draw each of us closer to you today. Let us feel your presence. May your Holy Spirit just have have his way with us, Lord, in everything. Thank you so much for, for loving us, even when we're unlovable. And for forgiving us for what we may see as unforgivable. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, it's in his name that I pray. Listen, I, I, I pray for everybody here often. And I hope, that, I hope that this wasn't even like a sermon that stepped on toes, Paul. Paul always says I step on his toes. But I, it really wasn't even meant to do that, man. I really wanted it to be a message to pump you up. To give you just a, a, a rejuvenation in your intimacy with God. To, to, look, at, to look at your life. And look at what he's given you. And maybe even in a new light, or maybe for some of you, it's just like a little small reminder that maybe you didn't even need. But I, I, I just, you know, I feel like there's probably somebody here that did. I needed it. But just grow closer to him, man. And when those temptations of the world come, right now, just stop it. Just stop it. Just tell tell. Tell the devil he he got no he got no room with you, right? You belong to Jesus. 
no darkness and light together, right? And if you're struggling with something like that, then I, I encourage every believer to have somebody, to have another believer that you can reach out to. That is important, right? Intimacy with God, but we need each other too. Because it's important to have an accountability partner, if you want to call it that. Um, a, a mentor, uh, somebody just to, uh, somebody to, to, to confide in, to pray for you. You don't have to face it alone. First of all, you've got Jesus. You've got the Holy Spirit. But when you face these things, because you're going to face them, man, right? Or oh, maybe I'm the only one. But sometimes temptation happens, right? Sometimes things make you want to lose your temper, right? Whatever, whatever it is, you, we all struggle with something. If you, if you don't struggle with anything, we need to talk, please. <laughs> but man, God, intimacy with God, that's where it's at. And having somebody, another believer, that you can lean on and say, Hey, Gary, I'm struggling with this, man. Pray for me. Pray for me. It's important to pray for each other too, right? It's important to support each other. But you're never alone if you belong to Jesus. And everything you ever needed to know is right here. Study it daily. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice in everything. Be intimate with God. I pray that God will bless all of you. Keep you safe this week. Protect you from temptation. Protect you from the evil one. May his perfect will be done in each of your lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.